Hello, my pop culture junkies, and welcome to another week of Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. This is your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Guys, I said in the newsletter this week that I had an incredibly special guest, someone that I am so excited by. I honestly can't contain myself. This is a dream. And this is, before we even go further, let me tell you who it is and then we can get into it. This is the one and only Alyssa Mastermonico. Many of you know her on Twitter. She's not only a New York Times bestselling author, she is not only the former Obama White House Deputy Chief of Staff, she is also a cat mom, mm-hmm. but that's not it. She's also a jam maker mm-hmm. because she makes the greatest jams. She has a brand that is like, she's very, what was the, the movie? Baby Boom. Baby Boom. She has her own jams. It's in like some of the greatest stores. It's called Three Dancing Bears because like all greats, she is a deadhead. And Alyssa, welcome. You are so fucking gorgeous. I am so happy to see you. And you also, maybe more important than any of those things, your number one fan is somebody I actually talked about in my newsletter this week is my niece, Heather Hammerling, who is obsessed with you. And she's gorgeous. She is way more gorgeous than me. She just got married. She says in in the wedding speeches that it was announced that she's keeping her last name because fuck yeah, (gasps) feminism. I mean, look, it's hard to give up your last name, I think. I, I can't even imagine. But even the patriarchy, though, our last name was really our mother's father's names. Like, it's so crazy when you think about that and go all the way back. But we could talk about that forever. But for today, we started we start anew. We start anew, Alyssa. Alyssa, you're coming to us from upstate yeah. New York, where your cats are going to hopefully make an appearance so I can see them. It would I, be rare for them not to. I mean, Potato will start barking out of jealousy. I don't know if you saw, but... Uh, a blonde Frenchie won best in non-sporting group at the Westminster Dog Show. His name is Winston. Or I think it might even be a girl. I don't know. Um, I'm all for gender neutral <laughs> names, but um, and is owned by an NFL player. And Potato is feeling like like where's my moment? Yeah, like like smug about the fact that a blonde Frenchie won. First of all, was a little offended over not being a sporty dog. Because he's quite sporty. I mean, Potato's always making moves. I know. I know. I feel like I should have been better in doing like the showman stuff. But live and learn. Live and learn. I'm going to clone the fuck out of him. We have to talk about that entirely separate podcast someday. That's another <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to clone him. But also I have a friend, um, a new friend that I went to her house and she has this beautiful chair in the living room and her cat was curled up in, in it. And this woman also had a dog named Potato who'd recently passed, but she, her cat was curled up on the chair and I was so excited. I wanted to go over and cuddle it. And as I was reaching for it, she's like, oh, that's my dead cat. We stuffed her. And they stuffed her in a yes, like, sleeping yes, position I know. I've seen this that they before. leave on this like, it's I think it would make me more I mean, sad. She's than like, happy. are you freaked out? Well, she said there's like the two schools of thought, but they find joy in it. They love the comfort of seeing their cat. You know what I say to that? Chasson sans goût. In French, that means to each their own taste. And like you mourn and celebrate the life of that cat however you see wow. fit. You know, I did like 8,000 years of French. I lived in France. Like the only thing I can say with absolute authority is fermer la bouche. <laughs> 
And I, like, <laughs> I took French. I took French for almost 15 years. I can read it perfectly, but Chanson Sans Goût is pretty much where I. That's it. Yeah. I, I get all my French from pop culture and like singers singing, you know, songs in French. But um, this is a pop culture podcast. I do, just so you guys know, listening, we're going to just talk briefly a little bit about politics because pop culture is seeped into that. Um, it always has, but we're, we're still not going to mention the orange monster. I don't mm -mm. like talking about him. And then we're going to get into just uh, sort of this week was was dominated by famous artists. Um, so we're going to get into that down the road. We're going to talk Beyonce. We're going to talk Harry. We're going to talk J-Lo. So, so stick around for that. But let's just talk politics because I don't know if you saw, I was in Kara Swisher's column a couple weeks ago in the New York Times where she asks um, someone to do these four mm -hmm. questions. And it was at the, it was around the sort of hearings and the social media and so forth. And I did that. I was pretty proud of it. And one of the questions was sort of like, what can they do to use social media to get people interested and so forth? Can they? And I said, look, you can't just you can't just wish it to be true. If I would hope that the commission would hire Johnny Depp's TikTok strategist and creator, because then they would be like, everybody would be on that side. They haven't done it. I just would love to get your thoughts. And like, you know, there just seems to be like, everything's going in the wrong direction. Am I a pessimist? What's happening? Oh, see, I have a different take. I have a different take. Good. Thank God. Tell me everything. So one, I feel really good about the hearings so far. And here's why. Because I thought the impeachment hearings were terrible. And that if that if this is going to be a serious thing, it has to be treated very seriously. And if I could, I would wish that Adam Schiff and Jamie Raskin, two members of the committee, would stop doing cable news. They have to stop. It's, it's the, the worst, worst thing for them. Thing for for them. And it's like, don't let. Now, one, I think Benny Thompson, who is the chair of the committee, is doing a fucking great job. But like right now, Liz Cheney is killing it. You know, I mean, yeah. she is. And here's a woman that does not, not have the same belief system as I do, but I'm but rooting you know for what? her. I'm going to say it when it's when it's the right thing to say. And the right thing is she did, you know, a lot of times when we commend politicians for doing something, it's like usually for the absolute minimum. Like, oh, you voted for, you know, to protect abortion. It's like, that's the absolute. Thank you, Susan Collins. That is the absolute minimum. Yeah. But with Liz Cheney, I think we have to give credit where credit is due. And she did take a big risk. She will pay a huge price for this. And she's taking it really seriously. And so I think that the way that they have set the case up has been made for television, which I appreciate because I think that that is what past hearings have misunderstood. Can I you know, say why I think that is? Tell me. Honestly, as much as I'm a Democrat, and not since you and Obama, since then we have not been able to do anything right in terms of a media presence and a, in terms of a public image and in terms of the narrative and the key messages. It just, we haven't gotten our shit together. Hillary, we didn't have it together. Biden, we don't have it together. And I think it's because, you know, you have a Republican sort of who's very savvy at this and she knows exactly what she's doing. She knows what's going to, she knows those, those soundbite moments. She knows what's mm -hmm. going to resonate and she knows how to keep this thing going like a tight ship that's going to have the highest impact. And I think if left to our own devices at this point in time without her, we would not have had that. And I say we I, as a Democrat. No, I, I think that she has had a heavy hand in how this has been executed. And 
you know, it's like, you know what to expect. You get the opening statement from Benny Thompson. You have the person who's, you know, prosecuting the case and then she does the wrap up. I like that they have set it up as there's a, there's a thesis, you know, this is what we're going to prove today. And then they prove it and then they end it. That is the most important thing I think is that it's not five hours. These are not five hours. They're not eight hours. They are two to three hours, very reasonable amount of time. And they, they have proven their point by the end of every session. And so, you know, the other thing I think that was a genius move is that almost all of the testimony has come from Republicans and people who say, I voted for that man who was president at the time. Mm-hmm. And they are the yeah. ones who are so compelling, right? Yes. Like they, I they agree, are the but- ones who are like, but also it makes you think that like, oh my God, if a Democrat had been in charge in Arizona, it would have been so easy for the person who was president back then to be like, conspiracy, conspiracy. Yeah, but they were Republicans. They were Republicans. What To what end are these hearings? Like, are they going to lead to criminal, you know, proceedings? To, I don't to- know. And that's where I'm like, I just feel like all of this, I, I, you know, so many of us are just like, where does this go? And then when you like the, the daily podcast, the New York times daily podcast this week had a thing about Biden and his approval ratings and why they're so bad. And this, and again, it's back to like, they, their point was that he's all over the place. It's like a car out of control on the road in terms of his messaging and narrative and what he wants to be for and build back better. And like, I can't, there's, there's a friend, you know, Mark Edelman. I love this guy. Mark is going around every time I see him, he's like, build back better. And it's just like, it's, I think it's hilarious because that's sort of the the place we're in right now. Is that what's happening there? And in in can pop culture, it's hurting it, right? Because the social media sort of aspect can be for good or for bad. What do we do? I wish to be totally honest that all politicians got off Twitter. Unless you're sending out a press release, I don't I don't want hot takes. You know, I don't think it's necessarily good for reporters to be able to go on Twitter and have hot takes because I don't want your hot take. I just want like research and a journalistic approach to a topic. But this um, was my point yesterday on Twitter. This is like I saw somebody, some former politician, I think he was elected out of office, but tweeted some racist, crazy shit. It's like, I don't think any of it serves any value whatsoever and it only damaging. I don't either because we haven't learned anything in the media environment as such that nobody believes what anybody says on TV anyway. Like, I mean, honestly, that's what I think is actually so interesting about the hearings is that I think maybe people are actually listening. And I think that the one most sort of important thing is that at the end of every day that there are hearings, MSNBC has taken an approach that is like very akin to what the nightly news used to do during Watergate, where they would just give like a pretty straightforward summary of what Mm -hmm. had happened for people Mm -hmm. who didn't sit and watch it. And I appreciate that. And it has been pretty straight, you know, for the most part. So I do appreciate that. And I know CNN is trying to change their new leadership is saying like, because I I mean, the thing that really drove me crazy night, you know, we have great friends at all these networks, but Mm -hmm. that thing under CNN when it was literally breaking news 24 seven, it's like breaking news, Alyssa's cat is drinking milk. Or it's like breaking news. And I'm like, breaking news. I heard that three days ago. Yeah. Or, and now the whole big lie, like they're all trying these, like they were trying to have these big moments and I think we, I've talked about this before, but CNN sort of came to life at the time when like 
that kid fell down the well back in the day, remember? And it was like oh, the 24 yeah. hour news like cycle. Jessica McClure. Yeah, exactly. A little baby Jessica. Amazing. I love talking to someone who's my age. I know, right? Remember, other people are like, what are they talking about? But baby Jessica. Well, we're going to have to Google. Was that McClure with an MC? I th- it, and it was the baby fell down the well and never before had there been, this is obviously there is no internet, but there had never been a 24 hour news cycle. Like the TV turned off at like a certain time. Like it was just, there was nothing static and and then all of a sudden there was like this moment for breaking news and at three o'clock in the morning like whenever you sort of chose to jump into the river the pre-twitter river and so that's what it was really great for but in the meantime when there's not that they just have to drum it up drum it up drum it up and no one does it better than our newly single Rupert Murdoch at 91 (laughs) Having it was just announced that he and um, former model and former Mick Jagger partner in crime, bizarre marriage as it was, are getting divorced. And I wonder how if that's going to impact him. I always thought maybe Rupert's a little softer because Jerry Hall has to be, you know, she comes from a rock and roll. She has kids with Mick Jagger. Clearly they're liberal. They're certainly leaning more liberal than, than anything else. And I was hopeful that, that Jerry Hall was going to help Rupert be a little less uncle Satan-y as Kara Swisher calls him, but that that didn't happen. (laughs) Fox is, is worse than ever. Tucker Carlson's worse than ever. Like what truly, what happens? Terrifying. Is this all Rupert? I mean, I know, does Rupert still like control the puppet, is the puppet master or is it taken on its own? I, I kind of feel like it's taken on its own life form. I think it's too and much think, at this point. And I think that, that Tucker, who is uh, by far probably the worst, is such a cash cow for the network that there's no way anyone's going to rein him in. Is there, I mean, the only way to rein him in is that he's going to fuck up eventually to the point of like, he'll I get- don't know. He has said some wild fucking shit and he is still there. You know, he's, he's still, still there. there. I think there was like an SVU episode and this is there like, was. right when they, and I just, I'm not going to say that, but I'm expecting it like to all, I'm waiting for Mariska to sort of come onto the scene and be like, there's an investigation. She's in. had a couple sort of like Tucker adjacent episodes. Yes. Yes. God bless that Olivia Benson. I love you. You and I both. It's like, Alyssa, what I go to sleep and watching SVU SVU. episode. Me too. Me I go too. to sleep with it. I literally, you I'm know, like, I don't want to go to sleep to anything other than the soothing sounds. I, like- and you, you know why? It's a sense of justice. Is that like <sighs> Mariska, Olivia Benson almost always gets the perp. And that's all we can hope for in life. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, you know, there are certain like, even, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm for the earlier day, but I'm fine now. Like I'm fine when it had Barba's the DA, like <gasps> any, I loved him. He's awesome. I love, I we could do a whole podcast just on, on him? our favorite SVU episodes. I mean, I know there is, I've talked about it before. My favorite podcast is about SVU. It's the, which one? Is it the Kara Clanks? Yes. Do you yes. know them? Yes. That's who I was talking to about this last week. Alyssa, can you tell her? I put on Instagram, I told her about how I'm a big fan and I talked about it in the pod. Can you tell her that I'm legit? Like, yes, I will I'm obsessed because- with them. <laughs> I listen to them every Tuesday when it comes out. I'm very invested in Rosie, her daughter. Like, I am here for those two. And that's messed up podcast uh, on the exactly right up. network. And I stumped her. We were we were talking about something and because she was on my podcast the other week and we were like, we were talking about something. I was like, you know what that reminds me of? Do you remember the episode? And she's like, oh my God, yes, Alyssa, that's very specific. And I was like, thank you so much. 
Yeah, I mean, I know I can literally, there's a game to be played. Like I can see the first, t- not even five seconds of an opening scene. Oh, me scene too. And know exactly, know exactly, which exactly, it is. exactly yeah. who it is. Exactly. Like, who's yeah. the worst? I mean, Wait, here's a quick one for you. Who is your favorite celebrity who plays a criminal? Oh, well, I don't know if he's a super, super celebrity, but he was on, he was on weeds and I love him. That was it. Dallas, Dallas, the guy who plays the serial killer and he's in like a multiple story arc, like Sophia Bush is in the ones where he (gasps) plays. And then he's the one that then outs the the guy who kidnaps her. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love when Bob Saget plays the guy who implants the chip in his wife to track her on her affair and then it ends up giving her blood poisoning and she dies of liver failure. That's right. That's a good one. Or what about when John Boy, when he played the schizophrenic like angel guy? That was or Fonzie people. (gasps) Fonz. Robin Williams when he kidnaps Olivia and like pretends to blow her up. Oh, Robin Williams, right? When he did all those voices. He was like the hotel owner. And oh my yes, God, guys, yes. basically we are now, we are a fan podcast of the fan podcast of Law & Order SVU. Okay, well, let's move on to a little bit more pop culture. RIP okay. to um, Rupert Murdoch and Jerry Hall. I wrote about this week and it seems to have just taken over. There are three things and they're the three sort of pop stars of the moment um, or pop stars, artists, however you want to call it. There's Beyonce who dropped a blast of a single um uh this week and like you know just breaking the internet and it's called break my soul and it's house music have you listened to the single i have it is very very good it's uh she samples on you right 90s yeah she samples some old 90s beats for people like me and you We get it. And it, I, I get it. I'm not a Drake fan, but I know the the internet and the world is a Drake fan. But Drake sort of dropped a house album that was not widely like beloved. Yeah, I can't say I care that much about Drake. I don't care, but the memes are hilarious out there about like, <laughs> like, like, it's like, you know, the Homer Simpson uh, meme where he's going back in the bushes. In the bush. like, yeah, I love yeah, that it's one. Like Drake, Drake, when he hears Beyonce's out and everybody's celebrating Beyonce. And then in one of the lyrics is like, quit your job. And so there's another viral sensation of all these people are like all the memes talking about quitting their jobs because Beyonce told me to. <laughs> I mean, look, if the Queen Bee tells you, what are you supposed if to Queen do? If Queen Bee tells you, my favorite one is like, remember the video from, you know, a couple months back where Kim K is like, get off your asses and work. And it's oh, like, I remember that. So they showed that. And then it goes to, but Queen Bee tells us to quit. Like Queen Bee's reaction to Kim K is, is so good. Where do you personally stand on Harry Styles? I love Harry Styles so much. Can I tell you how much I love Harry Styles? I'm going to reveal something today, Brooke, that very few people know. So last year when his Treat People with Kindness song came out, I love this song. I love it. And we would play these music, by the way, guys, but we would be sued to oblivion and shut down. So we're not allowed to sing right. the music unless I get the rights we to can't. it, which sucks. But I love the song so much that my lady friends up here who are like, we call ourselves the Quarpod because we quarantined together for almost two years during COVID. And I was telling them that it was so great and that I love the video so much. It gave me like just Broadway vibes, right? The video starring our favorite from Fleabag. Yes. I mean, it is so good. And I was pretending to do the moves and they knew that in my, you know, my, my formative years as a, as an elementary school, middle school and high schooler, I took lots of dance classes. 
Do you know that they got me? We did a group dance project where we had an instructor come in and teach us the like middle-aged, abled people's version of that video. And we performed it. <gasps> no, who you performed it for who? Lots of people here in upstate New York. Every time we oh, had a couple drinks God. and there was more than five people, we're like, should we do the dance? Did you do a white, bol- wasn't she wearing like a white bolero jacket or something? Or is that my memory? Or he was? Rookie, you know that I was like, you guys did the dance classes, so I'm going to do the costumes. And I got the real <laughs> official merch from his tour. That was the white sweatshirt with the glittery treat people with kindness on the front. Oh and my God, you really them. went in. I did. I'm I obsessed. Did. I mean, first of all, he's, so he's just adorable. I mean, I'll tell you something he's- that adorable he's adorable now i have talked about before i'm not going to get into the details but i know one of his bandmates i knew i i hung out with him it turned out to be my 40th birthday at golden eye and it was a very fun 40th birthday eight years ago with the member that's not liam or any of the other ones that you hear from publicly Mm -hmm. now it's Mm -hmm. the one that you don't hear from publicly that's the last letter of the alphabet We had a really great time. I love him. He's adorable. And I wish nothing but the best for him. So I have a very deep personal connection to that group of people and very grateful for the greatest 40th birthday gift that one could possibly (laughs) have. But Harry Styles, I find so interesting because he reminds me so much of a young Mick Jagger, right? He has that Mm -hmm, rock and roll. mm -hmm. He's like truly rock and roll vibes and all of that, but he's ultimately a pop star. He's not a rock star, but it's this weird, I think the rock and roll people love him. The pop people love him. Olds love him. The youngs love him. And it's true. You're right. He's got a lot of cross appeal. Like there's just a a universal appeal like Harry Styles is at my favorite shop here in town, they just play his music in the kitchen all the time because it puts everybody, the youngs and the olds, in a great mood. It's so fascinating. And I just think like, you know, and he's now obviously in this very public relationship with Olivia Wilde, who we got to love, is older, I think 10 years older than him. So love that. Love that for her. But what I find really interesting right now is there's this this sort of lots of TikToks coming up with he and she are there's lots of um, video angles of them walking through London together. But mm-hmm. people have filmed them from behind where you see you you can just they're so recognizable. You can recognize them by their hair, by their stance, by their outfits and they're walking. But, you, you know, that invasion of privacy, it's literally all over TikTok. But it's not just one video that's gone viral. It's like thousands of people were walking behind them like they were the Pied Pipers through the streets of London the other day. And all of these people have just had to have their moment and capture it and what that must be like. I can't imagine. But at the same time, I feel like maybe they don't mind it that much or they would like, you know, put hats on or cover their hair. I guess. Yeah, I guess they could be in disguises. But to see the level of obsession, the amount of people that are coming to these concerts, Mm -hmm. the level of production like there was that video i put in the newsletter we'll link to it the pouring pouring rain that oh, yeah. you know i don't know what i mean other than maybe the grateful dead who would play through anything at all times for hours and hours yeah. like to that level of loyalty to their to their fan base and he's like playing in the pouring rain at wembley it was crazy it reminded me of diana ross in central park Remember that that concert, that iconic photo? She's just like oh, with the yes. Drenched. When, when yes. was that? What year was that? Oh God, I think it was 
late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember it like happening at the moment, but I know the visual. That's such a great comp. I mean, and she was a showstopper, is a showstopper, right? So totally. very, so Harry Styles is our, is the Diana Ross of, of our time. There we go. Fascinating. And then I don't think you've seen it yet, but I, have you seen J-Lo's documentary on Netflix? Half-time? I have not seen Halftime yet. I was saving it. You know how it is when there's something special you want to watch? And you're like, I have to save it for when I'm completely free and unencumbered. And so I am saving it for this weekend. Alyssa, I honestly, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what to tell you, but I it was transfixed. I really all, it was so well done. It was so many different layers. It was sort of the the sort of evolution of JLo, but they're centering it to that halftime show that she did at the Super right. Bowl, which I don't even remember who played that game. I just, I remember that. Oh, I didn't God, even no. know that she headlined with Shakira. I'm sorry, Shakira. I don't even I remember did. that I remember. whole part. I remember the children in cages. I remember that. So to hear that whole backstory and the whole, how that came to be, and she holds people accountable. I mean, from, from Conan O'Brien to fucking Billy Bush, to yes. all the talk show hosts from David Letterman all the way down to the the chairman of the NFL all, from all different things. Those media people had mocked her, asked about her ass, joked about her ass, all of these things that are just, it's like the Monica Lewinsky thing. You see it now and you're like shocked. You're like, how did how, that happen? How did that I mean, happen? But like you would looking, think- Looking back in time, you know what's a fun, a fun thing to do? Look back in time at the interviews that Brooke Shields did as a young person and she was a little girl when the little girl like before blue lagoon questions the questions sexualized questions utterly and the thing is is that you fast forward 20 years those same reporters and anchors ask the same fucking questions to britney spears and christina aguilera and everybody else yeah and i know that we're looking back then though we're looking back at the 90s and the early aughts but now we're talking like j-lo's bringing things back to like it was like eight years ago i mean it was It was wild, but there is a political component of this because she does something that so many people don't do. She speaks her mind in a way that you don't expect an international pop star. And she's obviously, she started as a dancer, got in, was an, she was a dancer first, actor second, singer third. And she calls it out. She, you know, her proudest moment, at least through the lens of this documentary is her singing at Biden's uh, inauguration. And, you know, that is from that to the children in cages, to her relationship with children, to all women, to that, the hustler, she calls out Hollywood. Hustlers was a movie made by entirely all women, women, filmmakers, producers, women. And she calls it out. It was, it was so clear that this was Hollywood sort of inability to recognize that. And she, she's a showstopper. I have such a newfound admiration and respect for this woman. I am, I am here for all things JLo. I cannot wait to watch it. I will have to, I will obviously be texting you throughout. Yeah. Will you text me throughout? Obviously. Um, okay. Well, we're tight for time. We have one final thing and that is Mary mute make out. So I guess it could be Mary make out mute, make out okay. mute, Mary, whatever. And it could be any of the things we talked about or any, anything animal, vegetable, mineral. Remember that game? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I would 100% marry JLo. 
Literally, I would yes. I would marry JLo. I would be such a good partner to her. I don't even mind Ben Affleck being in the picture. I would marry <laughs> her. She seems like an amazing mother. Did more I was sitting there eating like fucking Thai food as she's like showing me what she can do at the, the same age as me. And I was like sitting there with like my legs up on pillows, eating Thai food and drinking a Diet Coke, hating myself for it. Um, I would make out with this is this is in honor of you. I would make out with a beardless Bob Weir. I would oh, make out with goodness. I love, love Bob Weir. Bob I can't Weir. I can't really take the Bob Weir of like taking on Jerry's persona with a big gray beard, but I I love me some beardless Bob Weir. I mean and, Bob Weir, those pictures in the 70s and 80s in oh, like the tiny short shorts. Oh <laughs> my god. I'm telling you, it's my that's it. You and I have had the same <gasps> fantasy. Listen, I, it's all okay. It's all okay. I mean, I had some like Bob, oh, Bobby Weir. If you're listening to our pod, we love you. And then I would mute. This is an obvious one. I'll say it probably till the t- cows come home Tucker Carlson. Full stop. I think that's necessary, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so hold on here in mine. Okay. I would mute Tucker Carlson. He just needs, I don't know anyone else who needs to be muted more than that fucker does. It's number one. I think in the vein of the Grateful Dead, I would make out with John Mayer because he has taken on Jerry's person. He has taken on the Jerry role so well. Mm-hmm. And he's doing such great things for Montana now that it's flooded that I kind of love him. He is doing great um, things in Montana. And you just, if you do make out with John Mayer, I will say you're not, you don't, it would, I already know. I'm not alone. You're not alone in you the know. women that I know who've made out with John Mayer. I think I know like a dozen women over the years, over the last 20 years, in all different ages. I appreciate his, you know, I know he's he's been accused of liking very young women, but I've actually known, well, maybe they were young at the time and they're not young anymore. Maybe he I don't wants know, to be age appropriate now. Yeah, well, he, you, you, you know, and I are he, age appropriate. He's missing out if he doesn't look at the, Just the landscape. And then I would marry... Diane Keaton and Baby Boom. Oh my God, you are Diane Keaton, and so you're a narcissist. I want her wagoneer. I do. I want it. But wasn't she? Didn't she fall in love with Sam Shepard, the vet? Yes, he movie? was a veterinarian. Oh my God, Brooke, what could be more relevant to our lives than mm-hmm. being married to someone? Who is married to a veterinarian? I know, I know. I mean, I and then and, and is thr- a baby is thrust upon, not a natural, an adorable Gerberish baby. <laughs> yeah. If you are organizing your closets or doing whatever, like just put that movie on. It is just, it's, it's a chef's kiss. I love well, it. Well, you're closer to living that life because you're amazing. Where do we find your jam, Three Dancing Bears? My jam is really only available in New York State. It's available at Talbot and Arding in Hudson at the Six Bells in Brooklyn. And soon it will be available in New York City, but I can't say where yet. I know. You can't say where. I'm very excited for that. I am very, very lucky to have some of your jam. I have some I have to send you. Sour cherry rhubarb. Okay. What do I put on all this jam? Where do I do I what do I do with it other than I need creative ideas because I only put it on. Okay. What is wrong with you? Girl, make yourself some blintzes. Put it on saltines like Carrie Bradshaw used to do in her kitchen eating. When she would read Vogue magazine, remember she would put jam, oh she put God. grape jelly on saltines. Okay. Also, lots of them go good with cheese. I think I sent you a marmalade. Marmalade you is did. great with certain cheeses. Yeah, you did. put it with cheese. Okay. Cheese plate, cheese plate. We're an SVU podcast, fan podcast. We are a jam podcast. Alyssa, Alyssa. Is it perfect? Listen, when I have more time, we have to come back and do like a long session. 
Okay. I mean, happily you've, you've created some scandals. I think I, uh, I sent you that Bella Freud jumper as a result of your, your most Yeah, that recent. was terrible. But that I love so it. Awful. I hope you wear that sweater with love. I wear it with pride. Good. With that. pride. And, and everyone who listens to you should know that like when things go really wrong, and in this case, something went really wrong for me, you were like the first person who showed up. People should know that about you. I don't believe I was the first person, but, um, you know, I love my girls. I love my girls and I I I have a lot of empathy and I try to bring humor to really bad situations. Um, And you did. You made me laugh so hard. (laughs) Well, I adore you. I love you. Heather loves you. And um, we'll catch you another time. Guys, listen to this podcast anywhere. Your favorite podcast. You listen to podcasts. Share it. Do everything you can with it. Sign up to the newsletter at Medium and we'll catch you next week. I'll be in New York. So I'll see you then. Pop culture.